Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. All right. Well, good morning, church family. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, it's good to see you on and welcome you to Canyon Creek. I also want to welcome those who are joining us online from home for our live stream service. We're glad that you're tuning in today uh, for the second week of this little series that we're in called What's In It For Me? And in this series, we're talking about a few of the things that God wants to do in our lives. And last week, we talked about how we can be people that God can bless and what that looks like. And today, we're going to talk about how we can be people that God can lead, all right? And the reason why we're talking about this is because having God's direction through life is vital to our joy, right? It's vital to our peace. It's vital to our our future, our family. I truly believe that as you follow God's direction for your life, as you do whatever it is that he calls you to do, that's the place where you're gonna find joy. That's the place where you're gonna find happiness. That's the place where you're gonna find peace and, and rest. When God created you, he created you with a plan for your life, all right? It's not like he created you and said, okay, what should I do with this one, right? He, he knew you, he knew the, the plans that he had for you, and when we allow him to lead us through his plans for our lives, that's when we find fulfillment in life. All right, that's when we find joy, that's when we find peace and happiness and rest. You know, when it comes to, to following God's plan for our lives, I think we need to think of ourselves as little toddlers, all right? And how many of you know, most little toddlers just aren't that smart yet, Right? It's not that they're dumb, they just don't know. They're just young, they don't know what what to do. And if we let a toddler run their own life, they would probably eat like 10 pounds of candy every day and they'd stick all their toys in the electrical outlets and that wouldn't be good. But as their parents, we know a little bit more than they do, hopefully, and so we guide them through life and we give them some direction and we, we help them, we raise them, we teach them and with our help, They'll go further than they could have gone on their own because we know a little bit better than they do, all right? That's the same way God leads us. Believe it or not, he knows more than we do. And he wants to help us. He wants to to lead us. He wants to guide us through life. So the challenge is, how do we find God's direction for our lives? How do we figure out his plan? I remember just a couple years ago, I was really frustrated and I was walking through this, this building just praying to God. And usually when I'm praying, I'm like praying and pacing, right? Praying and walking. I'm not holy enough to sit and kneel, so I got I to gotta walk around. And I remember being so frustrated with some circumstances that we were walking through at the time. And I remember, you know, just saying to God, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. If you'll just tell me, right? If you'll just tell me what it is. If you'll just tell me what to do, I'll do it. Maybe you've been there, right? You're just like, God, I need some direction in my life. I need some guidance. So how do we figure that out? How do I find God's direction for my life? How do I figure out his plan? That's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to apply the same principle that we talked about last week to this week's message as well. And that's this. If you want God to lead you, you have to be a person that God can lead. All right. And I'll explain to you what that means throughout our time together this morning. But the reality is we often want God to be like a magic eight ball, right? Do you remember those? You ask a question, you shake it up, and it gives you an answer. 
And that's exactly what we want God to be for us. And I went to Christian college and that's exactly what everybody was doing there. God, should I marry this person? And they shake up that eight ball. God, should I take this class or should I take this class? And they shake up that eight ball. But God's not a magic eight ball. He's God, all right? And what we almost always see in scripture is that God's direction in our lives is typically a process. This is something that he walks us through over time. It's not a single event. That's why in Proverbs, the Bible says that the Lord orders the steps of the righteous. It doesn't say he's gonna give you the entire roadmap at the beginning of the journey. It's a step-by-step-by-step kind of leadership. And as we walk through life, he's going to lead you step-by-step, moment-by-moment, turn-by-turn. It's this continual process of experiencing God's direction in your life rather than it just being a one-time moment, all right? So the question that I think we need to ask ourselves today is how do I become the type of person that God is continually leading, all right? How can I become the type of person that has God's divine direction weaved into every step that I'm taking? And as we get to the end of our lives, we wanna be able to look back and see God's hand leading us every step of the way. We wanna be able to look back and say, look, he was moving there, right? He was leading there. So how do we become people that God can continually lead. And here's why this is so important. God's continual leadership in your life is going to take you so much further than some random magic eight ball answers, right? We need to seek his continual guidance. Let me give you an example. If you were going to drive from Temple, Texas to Fairbanks, Alaska, okay, which is one of the furthest places you can drive away from here. It's a 64 hour drive, 3,892.7 miles, all right? So if you're going to drive from Temple to Fairbanks, Alaska, this is all the direction I'm going to give you, though. You go west until you can't go west anymore, and then you go north, all right? And once you get to Alaska, you kind of want to go northwest a little bit until you eventually reach Fairbanks, all right? And that's all the direction I'm going to give you. How many of you know that's not going to cut it, right? You're not going to make it there. You're going to need more direction than that. You're going to need to know which roads to take. You're going to need to know which highways to get on. You're going to need to know where you'll have an opportunity to stop and rest for a little bit because this is going to take you about eight days, right? But if that's all the direction that I give you, you're probably not going to get very far. But when you have continual guidance all along the way, mile by mile, turn by turn, that's how you're going to get to where you're going. And that's exactly the way that God wants to lead us through life. If we're only seeking his guidance when we arrive at a roadblock, we're probably not going to get very far. But that's what we do, right? We don't seek his guidance until our own way has brought us to a place where we're facing a brick wall. And in that moment, we say, well, I guess I better turn and get some guidance from God now. That's not how he wants to lead us. We need to seek his continual guidance, step by step, moment by moment, day by day. That's when we're going to thrive. That's when we're going to find fulfillment, all right? If you have your Bibles, turn me to Proverbs chapter three. We're gonna take a look at a very familiar passage of scripture. We just read it a few moments ago. But I'm gonna show you how to be a person that God can lead. And this is what Proverbs chapter three says in the New Living Translation. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. One of the things I love about these verses is that there's a promise here, all right? 
In other words, this isn't a vague possibility. It doesn't say seek his will in your life and, and he might show you what you need to do. That's not what it says. It doesn't say seek his will in all that you do and, and he might wanna be involved in your life. That's not what it says. He says, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. He will give you direction. Remember, like we talked about last week, God's a good father. He cares about what's going on in our lives. He cares about where we're going. He wants to give us good direction. He doesn't wanna withhold that from us. He doesn't begrudgingly give us direction when we ask him for it. This is something he desires to do for us. He wants to lead us, right? In the New Testament, James tells us that if we ask for wisdom, God gives it to us. And I believe the same principles effect, in effect here in, in Proverbs chapter three. God's not trying to hold out on you, all right? He's not looking for an excuse to, to not give you direction. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. I love that it's a promise, all right? I also love how these verses affirm the idea that God's guidance is continual. Notice again what it says in verse six. It says, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. This affirms that God's guidance isn't just something that we, we seek when we're at a, at a roadblock, right? It affirms that God's guidance is continual. Solomon says, seek his will in all you do. If you have an older translation like the, the King James translation, it might say, he will make straight your path, all right? And sometimes we don't really understand what that means, but this idea of, of making straight your path comes from ancient Israel. And when a king was preparing to die and, and pass on the throne to his son, he would tell all of his servants and all of his underlings, make straight his path, all right? This is the idea that the new king was going to need some guidance and some direction and some help on this journey. In other words, the king was saying, please make this a little bit easier for him, right? Let him know what he needs to do. Let him know which way he needs to go. He's passing down his throne and he wants his children to have better direction in their lives. And that's exactly what God wants to do for us. He wants to give us this continual direction through life. He wants to show us which path to take. So how do we position our lives? What posture do we need to have? How do we become people that God can continually lead? How do we move forward in that consistent, continual guidance and direction for our lives? Solomon, in these verses, gives us three simple steps. And I just wanna spell them out for you today. The first one is this, simply trust in the Lord with all your heart. We're taking these points directly from those two verses. Solomon says in verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, I don't think it's a mistake that he begins this idea of receiving God's direction with trust, all right? Because here's the truth about guidance. Guidance only works in a climate of trust, all right? For example, if Krista and I are gonna go on a road trip and she's driving, she's gonna follow the directions that I'm giving her because she trusts me, right? Guidance only works in a climate of trust. So in order for us to receive God's direction for our lives, we first have to trust him. In other words, you're unable to receive God's direction until you fully trust him. It all begins with trust, all right? So if you don't trust God, you're gonna have a hard time receiving direction from him because it all begins right there. The good news for us is that trust is rooted in a relationship. And that's what Christianity is all about. We don't just trust God because he's all powerful, although we probably should. We don't just trust him because he's all knowing. We trust him because we know him, right? 
We trust him because we have a relationship with him. We trust him because we know that he cares about us and loves us. And looking again at verse five, that's why we're able to do this. Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, I want you to notice something right here. The word Lord in this verse of scripture is all capital letters. And this is a way for the translators to communicate something to us, all right? Whenever we see the word Lord printed in all capital letters, it indicates that this wasn't a generalized word for God that was used in this verse, all right? This is very personal. This is the Hebrew word Yahweh. It's very personal. For example, you know me maybe as as pastor, but if you know me personally, you're probably gonna call me Josh, right? My friends don't call me pastor. They call me Josh because we have a relationship. It's the same thing right here in this verse. This wasn't a general title for God. It wasn't a a vague term. It's not describing someone who's distant and off in heaven. It's not describing someone who's far away and isn't involved in our lives. He's saying, trust the Lord, trust Yahweh, right? The one who you know loves you and cares about you. So we're not just trusting in some all-powerful being who lives up in the sky. We're trusting in the God that we know, Yahweh. He's the Lord and we know him. He loves us. He cares about us. It's very personal. Peter says it a little bit differently, but I love what he wrote in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Peter tells us that we can give everything that we're worried about, everything that we're caring about. We can give it to God. Why? Because he cares about us, right? Because we know that he loves us. Because we know that he wants what's best for us. So maybe you're a little worried today. Maybe you're worried about your your family. Maybe you're worried about your health. Maybe you're worried about the direction of your life. Maybe you're worried about some circumstances that you're walking through. Maybe you're worried about the future. What is God saying? Give all of those cares to me. Why? Because I care about you. I care about what you're going through. I care about your family. I care about your health. Trust me, right? You can give him your cares because Yahweh cares about you. So how do we become people that God can continually lead? First, we trust in him with all of our heart. Here's the next piece of advice Solomon gives us. Do not depend on your own understanding, all right? Do not depend on your own understanding. If we look at all of verse five, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, all right? Now, this is where we get tripped up. Because we trust God in our minds, right? We believe in his direction. We tell ourselves and we tell our friends, man, whatever he tells me to do, I'm gonna do it. But when it comes down to it, we typically end up trusting what we can see more than what God says, right? When it comes down to it, we end up trusting in our own understanding. We end up trusting in what we can see. We end up trusting in our emotions. We end up trusting in our feelings. We trust in our own understanding instead of trusting in God who sees so much further than what we're able to see on our own, right? Because we can only see what's happening right in front of us. But God sees a much bigger picture. Think about it like this. Has anyone ever been to a corn maze, right? How many of you like corn mazes? Let's ask that way. I don't like corn mazes. I don't think it's that fun. It's pretty underwhelming, right? But you go in with some strategy. We're gonna do things a certain way and we're gonna get out of here quick. And we treat life like a corn maze. 
We pick our path, we hold our arm on that right side, we go step by step, turn by turn, but we're never sure where we're gonna end up, right? When all along, God sees the entire corn maze. He sees our entire lives. He's not just one step ahead of us, he's 10 steps ahead of us, right? And sometimes we go into a a corn maze and we have to go backwards in order to go forward. We trust in what we can see, but God sees the whole picture. He sees everything involved and he wants us to trust him. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. When we're navigating through the corn maze and treating life like that, he says, hey, just trust me. I know it doesn't make very much sense right now, but we're gonna get through this. If you trust me, I'm gonna lead you. I'm gonna guide you. I'm gonna direct you. I'm gonna help you get to where you're going. And once we trust him, he gives us this continual guidance, step-by-step, moment-by-moment instructions, but we often turn to our emotions instead. We turn to our feelings instead. The reality is if we depend on our own understanding, it's gonna lead us in the wrong direction almost every time, right? Oftentimes we get to a place where God's plan doesn't even make sense to us anymore, right? We trust his plan until it doesn't line up with what we want. And when the rubber meets the road, we almost always turn to our own understanding. But if you're looking for true purpose and peace in life, you're only gonna find it when you're following God's perfect plan for you. Even when it doesn't make much sense, even when your emotions are a little bit crazy, we have to trust God in those moments, all right? We don't wanna depend on our own understanding because our understanding is limited, but God's understanding is infinite, all right? When the rubber meets the road, it's sometimes difficult for us to trust him. I'll give you an example. The Bible tells us to love our neighbors. And for most of us, that's pretty easy, right? I have great neighbors. It's easy for me to love my neighbors. We're good with that. But in the same passage, the Bible also tells us that we should pray for those who persecute us. And that's where it gets difficult. That's where we start to depend on our own understanding instead of trusting in God with all of our heart. But I can promise you that when you make the decision to trust in him, you're always going to end up in a better place than you would if you depended on your own understanding because our understanding is limited, but God's understanding is infinite, all right? Isaiah chapter 55, the Bible tells us this, words of God, my thoughts, he says, are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far beyond Anything you could imagine, he says. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And we love that verse. But we have to come to a point in our lives where we really believe it. We have to come to a point in our lives where we're willing to say, I'm gonna trust in the Lord with all my heart and I'm not going to depend on my own understanding because my understanding is limited and his understanding is perfect. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. If you wanna be a person that God can lead, you have to fully trust in him. More than your emotions, more than your feelings, more than your circumstances, more than what you can see, all right? We have to lift our eyes and trust him because he loves us and he cares about us and he knows what's best for our lives. Do not depend on your own understanding, all right? Here's number three, seek his will in all you do. Verse five, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. And the first part of verse six says, seek his will in all you do. 
And this is where it gets even harder. (laughs) This is where it gets even more confusing. Because we're often under the impression that it's nearly impossible for us to figure out God's plan for our lives. The challenge I want to give to you this morning is this. If you want to know God's will for your life, you need to spend time in his word. If you want to know his plan for your life, you need to spend time in his word. Look at the Bible. Because the Bible is full of instruction for life. In the Bible, we learn about who God is. We learn about his heart. We learn about what he cares about. We learn about what's important to him. We learn about the life that he wants for us. His word demonstrates his will for our lives. And when we truly begin to dig into his word and we read what it says and we begin to understand who he is and how he thinks, that's when we'll discover his direction for our lives. You with me this morning? I believe the Bible teaches us in three different ways and I'm gonna list these out for you here. The Bible teaches us directly and I'll explain to you what that means. The Bible teaches us indirectly and the Bible teaches us how to think, all right? First off, it teaches us directly. There are plenty of direct commands in scripture. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are two of the most important direct commands in scripture, all right? But the Bible also teaches us indirectly. And this is where we learn something through a story or a parable, right? It's not quite as direct. Think about the story of Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers and he was purchased by a guy named Potiphar. And Joseph worked hard and he worked his way up. And all along, Potiphar's wife had the hots for Joseph, right? And she throws herself at him and he essentially runs away. And in the story of Joseph, the Bible doesn't directly tell us to run from sin the way he did, but it gives us that instruction indirectly. Does that make sense? There's a lot of indirect teaching in scripture. And lastly, the Bible teaches us how to think. And this is incredibly important for us to grasp. When we spend time at God's word, it begins to to shape the way we think. And I'll give you an example of what this looks like. I love the story in the New Testament where Jesus interacts with a woman who's caught in adultery, right? And you can read between the lines and and figure out that this woman was in an incredibly difficult place in her life. So they bring her to Jesus and they throw her at his feet. What do they want him to do? They want him to condemn her, right? They want him to pick up a stone and, and throw it at her. But what does he do? He stands up for this woman because he loves her. And he takes care of her and he faces her accusers and he runs them off, right? But what I love the most about that story is what he tells the woman afterward, all right? He doesn't say, go on and just go back to whatever you were doing before. He loves her enough to say, go on and do not sin, right? Go find a new life. And stories like that shape the way we think. Stories like that change the way we respond to people who are in need of grace and mercy and love. But at the same time, Jesus doesn't approve of what she's doing. He just presents her with a better way of living, all right? The Bible teaches us directly. It teaches us indirectly, and it shapes how we think. Here's another example. 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a picture of what love really looks like. It says love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it's not self-seeking, it keeps no record of wrongs, all right? 
This passage does not directly tell me how to handle certain situations in my marriage, but it indirectly gives me some excellent instruction about love. When we see how much God loves us and cares about us, it shapes the way we think about love. So I truly believe that we can seek his will by seeking his word. And as we become more familiar about who he is and how he thinks, it changes the way we think. So the point of the story is this. It's incredibly important that we spend time in the word of God. And here's the sad thing about it. We have more access to the Bible than any other Christian in any other part of the world. And if that's not eye-opening to you, we have more access to the Bible than any other Christian in the history of the world. I have about 25 Bibles in my office. We have Bibles on our phones. There are Christians in North Korea that have a page of scripture. And you've heard me say this. They read it, they study it, they memorize it. And once they're living it out, they give it to someone else and they trade pages and they start all over again. We have more access to the Bible than anyone else, but we're also some of the most biblically illiterate Christians in the world. If we don't know God's direction for our lives, it's because we aren't spending enough time in his word. We have to seek his will in his word. And I don't wanna sugarcoat it. And I don't wanna preach a sermon that says, you're gonna leave here today and God's gonna magically give you direction. And I could preach like that. And it might fire you up. It might pump you up. You might have a really good lunch. You might have a really good Monday, but it certainly isn't gonna last very long, right? Because the truth is, if we want to know God's will for our lives, we have to spend time in his word. In Proverbs chapter three, Solomon tells us to seek his word in all that we do, all right? Now, that doesn't mean that we should all be a bunch of weirdos, all right? That doesn't mean that when we go to McDonald's in the drive-thru, we don't sit there and pray, God, what would you have me to order today? And we sit there and think, and we hold the line up, and we, Jesus ate fish. I'm gonna order the filet of fish, all right? We don't have to do that, all right? That's not what Solomon's saying. Here's what Solomon's saying. Seek his will in all you do. What he's saying is this. God's will is not a buffet, all right? And here's what I mean by that. How many of you love buffets? Let me see your hands. Put me on a cruise ship with a buffet. I'm a happy boy, all right? But when you're at a buffet, you can go down the line and say, I'll have a little bit of that. I'll have some of that. I'll have a lot of this but I don't want any of that. Give me a little bit of this, but, but none of that, right? We can't approach God's word that way because God's word is not a buffet. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to look at his word and say, love your neighbor, I'll have some of that, but pray for those who persecute you, no, I'll pass on that. We don't get to treat God's word like a buffet and pick and choose what we want. We have to seek his word in all that we do. And the promise is this, he will give you divine direction for your life. If we look at the whole verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. If you want God to lead you, if you wanna be a person that God can lead, if you want your family to be led by God, if you want your future to be led by God, if you wanna reach new heights in your life through God's divine direction, it begins with trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? 
And once we've got that figured down, figured out, we have to turn away from our own understanding. Do not depend on your own understanding. Don't trust your emotions. Don't trust your feelings. Trust his infinite understanding instead of your limited understanding, right? And then we seek his will in all that we do. We don't treat his word like a buffet. We don't tear out the pages we don't like. We don't pick and choose what we're going to agree with. And the promise that he gives us in return is that he will show us which path to take. Romans 12 says almost the exact same thing. Romans chapter 12, verse two says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We know through scripture that the renewing of our minds happens as we begin to adopt God's way of thinking as our own. As we begin to study his word, as we surrender our minds to him, as we allow his word to change the way we think, as we allow his word to shape the way we think, as we begin to think the way God thinks, then we're going to know his will for our lives, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And as you begin to follow his divine direction, you're going to find fulfillment. You're going to find joy. You're going to find peace. You're going to find rest. And because you're no longer trusting in God who's a magic eight ball, he's actually guiding you every step of the way. Not just at a brick wall, not just at a roadblock, but at every turn we take, he has guidance for us. And my prayer for us is that as we get down the road 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, that we'll be able to look back and say, God, I might not have understood what you were doing in the moment, but I know now that you're faithful. Let's be those kinds of people. Let's be people that God can lead, all right? Let's pray together this morning. Father, we come to you today and we thank you so much for your infinite wisdom. We thank you, Father, that your ways are higher than our ways. We thank you that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We thank you that your plans for our lives are far more than anything we could ever imagine. So we pray, God, that you would help us to trust in you with all of our hearts because you love us and care about us. Help us to not depend on our own understanding. We don't want to rely on our feelings. We don't want to rely on our knowledge. We don't want to rely on our emotions. We don't want to rely on the little bit that we have. Help us to trust in your infinite wisdom instead and empower us to seek your will in all that we do. We don't want to treat your word like a buffet. We don't want to pick and choose what we want. Help us to treat every word as authoritative. And we thank you, Father, that when we do these things, that you lead us and that you guide us every step of the way, we need your guidance in our lives. We need your direction in our lives. So give us a stronger desire to seek your will and your word. Show us, Father, which path to take. With heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Maybe trusting in him with all of your heart seems like a, a big stretch from where you are right now. Maybe you don't really know him. 
The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ tells us that Jesus lived the life that you and I could not live. He lived a perfect life where we're broken, we're sinful, we're imperfect. Jesus lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that that we deserve to die because the wages of our sin is death. And we were destined to pay that debt, but Jesus stepped in and he took our place on the cross, paying the debt, dying the death that we deserve to die. And then he rose from the dead to give us new life. And the Bible tells us that when you call on his name, he will save you. He'll restore you. He'll make you into a new creation, both now and one day, an eternal never ending life in his presence. And if that's you, and you wanna place your faith and your trust in Jesus, I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Church, let's make this our prayer together. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.